0: first lawsuit got filed. Only took three days. And there's more coming. Class action, Max thinks.
1: All the cases in the storage unit?
0: No, every case. Every defendant that was put away with evidence from our lab the entire time that David Hodges was at CSI. That's insane. It could be hundreds. Thousands. And there's precedent. That lab tech in Boston, there was a scandal in Houston, too. Max has held off the DA this long, but they're going to charge Hodges. They have to. We're not going to let him take this fall. That's a nice thing to say. Well, what's the plan? You didn't come all the way to Vegas to sit on the sidelines. What do we do now? What we always do, Jim. Follow the evidence.
1: You didn't know you just going to watch a scene from CSI, did you? You know, there's not too many crime dramas. I'm going to feel like I'm a little far from y'all. I'm going to come a little closer. Can't hear me? Can you hear me now? <laughs> there are not too many crime dramas that I haven't seen over the last 20 years. Anybody else? <laughs> I've seen a lot of them. CSI, NCIS, Criminal Minds. I've seen just about every one of them. Uh, I like the going and finding the who did it and all that, the mystery. You know, I even watched them when I was growing up. Anybody ever watch Matlock or any of those older ones you know they were great weren't they uh but i just i love there's something about going and hunting down the bad guys and finding out what happened and and looking for the evidence right there is something about looking for that evidence to find what is right and what's not right and so uh today that's what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the easter evidence and uh if you don't uh know who the perpetrator is, what does the evidence do? You collect the evidence, and it lets you know who did it, right? It lets you know what they did, how they did it, all those things. And the definition, if you were to look up the word for the definition uh, for evidence, you would see that it is something that furnishes proof. Something that that furnishes proof. Now, first, let me begin by saying that, I believe in the resurrection of Jesus. Amen? Amen. I said, I believe in the resurrection of Jesus. Amen? Amen? Amen. There is something about that. I believe that Jesus went to the cross. I believe that he died on that cross. And I believe that on the third day, that weekend of the Passover, that he rose from the grave. And here's my evidence. Jesus claims in John chapter 14, verse 6. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I want you to understand that without the resurrection, this verse doesn't make sense. There are six items about Jesus' life that proves he is the Son of God. Here they are real quick. His virgin birth. His sinless life his miracles, his substitutionary work on the cross, his bodily resurrection from the dead, his exaltation to the right hand of God. If the resurrection did not happen, then Jesus is not the Son of God. Then he's not the Messiah, and we're still waiting on the Messiah's return. That is if the resurrection did not happen, but I truly believe that the resurrection happened. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17 through 18 it says, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. Here is the events that happen after the Sabbath. Okay, so I want you to understand this. We're going to go through these a little bit here. After 6 o'clock on Saturday, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and the other women, they purchased spices and they plan to complete the preparation of the body very early on the following morning, the first day of the week. And when they visited the grave at dawn and they discovered that the stone had been rolled back from the doorway, they were a little bit puzzled. They were alarmed. What happened to our Savior? Mary Magdalene, assuming that the body had been removed, she took off to notify the disciples while the other women approached the tomb more closely. And upon entering, they were confronted by an angel and they and this angel informed them that jesus had risen and the angel pointed out the place where he had been laid and there there was still the grave clothes that were still there and they were frightened they were unnerved by this surprising news and so they returned to jerusalem only to meet jesus who instructed them to tell his disciples to proceed into galilee where he would rejoin them. And Mary, in the meantime, she informed Peter and John, who ran to the tomb to investigate. And John, having observed the grave clothes, evidently concluded that although the tomb was open, the body uh, was still inside. But Peter, following a few steps behind his companion, he enters immediately, and he discovered that the body was actually missing. Puzzled by the strange phenomenon and convinced that some unusual event had taken place, the disciples returned to their own group. And Paul says this. Paul gives a list of those people that Jesus appeared to after his resurrection. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 8, it says, For what I received I pass on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas, Cephas is Peter, and then to the other twelve. And now we know that there was only eleven left, but they always refer, when they refer to the disciples, they refer to them as the twelve. And after that he appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. You see, I want you to understand something. I want us to take a look at maybe what each one of these are seeing, what they're looking at, what they're understanding, what they're knowing. I believe that if there was ever a witness, if we could somehow have a court case to try to figure out if the resurrection was real, then I think each one of these people would come up and say, hey, let me tell you something. I seen Jesus. I saw him. After I saw him die on the cross, I saw the empty tomb. I saw that nobody was there no more. I saw that he's alive. He met me on the road. He talked to me, and I've seen everything. I believe that they could give us witness accounts. I mean, think about Peter for just a moment. Peter, this guy, I mean, he was there all the time. Peter said some great things, but he said some stupid stuff too. Anybody ever just said some dumb stuff? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, how many has ever said, man, I need to just take my foot and insert it in my mouth because I just really messed up? You know what I mean? I mean, it happens, right? Well, Peter was great at doing that. I mean, if anybody could mess up, Peter could mess up. And you've got to understand something about Peter. Peter was, he was loyal. He was always there. I mean, Jesus said, you know, Jesus would say stuff like, you know, hey, I, I need to wash your feet. And Peter would be like, oh, well, don't just wash my feet, Lord. Just give me a whole bath, you know? It's like, what? What are you saying? You know, I mean, Peter's one of those guys that he just made a great statement. Lord, you are the Messiah. You're the Son of God. You know, you are, you are greater than anything. And then next thing he knows, he says, I'll never turn my back on you. But you could go and you could just see the difference that, the things that Peter said. And so so, so here, here Peter was. He had just started. Made the statements, you know, I'm, not, I'm never going to deny you. I won't ever turn my back on you. I'll never do those things. And then Jesus tells him, Peter, tonight when the roost, before the rooster crows, you're going to have denied me three times. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Three times, somebody asked him, hey, you were with him. You, you knew him. You, you were there. And he said, no, I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know this man. And sure enough, those three times, he had denied him. But then as they walk down as as they go through the the uh uh the the crucifixion happens they laid Jesus in the in the tomb and, and Peter's down there he's one of the first to be there he's one of the first to look in one of the first to see and he's sitting there and he's he's looking around and he goes and he's like he's gone he's he's he's, he's not here and then we know that Jesus actually confronts Peter he he he, he goes to him and sees, and, and Peter realizes that he's risen from the grave. And then there's another time before Jesus ascends into heaven that, that he's having, you know, they're, they're, the, some of the disciples are out fishing, and, and Peter comes in and Jesus has a conversation with him. He says, hey, hey, Peter, do you love me? He's like, you know I do, Lord. I feed my sheep. In other words, he was telling, he did this three times. It was probably going back to the fact that he denied him three times, but here it was in this scene as well, that he's sitting there telling him you know, hey, I, I know what you did. Jesus knew what he did, but he also wanted Peter to understand that if you love me, then I need you to feed my sheep. You see, there was something about the, the, the thing that took place in uh, Peter's life after the resurrection. The resurrection changed Peter. But see, he wasn't the only disciple. I think you could also look at some of the other disciples. You know, John was one that was always there. He, he always was a part of, of Jesus' life. They call him John the Beloved you know why because a lot of times you'll read the scriptures and you'll see that he's just there just kind of hanging out you know he's just all it's, it's almost like he was jesus's little brother he just wanted to be a part of his life like he just followed him everywhere he thought jesus was just the best and he was always there everywhere he went he, if jesus would walk somewhere there john was he was following him right there with him there was something about jesus you know, we could go on through all the disciples. Andrew was one of the first. He actually brought his, he actually brought his brother, Peter, to Jesus in the beginning. You know, uh, uh, Matthew, think about Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector. He was sitting down collecting taxes, and Jesus walks up to him and says, hey, I tell you what, I'll show you some things that you've never seen. I, I will teach you some things that you've never even thought about. I'll make you more than just a meaningless tax collector. I'll make you something far greater. And it says that Matthew immediately got up. And if you read the scriptures, you know what happens? Matthew goes and he throws a party and he invites Jesus to come hang out with his tax collector and his sinner friends. And they just have one great, gigantic party. Why? Because that was the type of person that Jesus was. But something happened in the resurrection that changed in each one of those men's lives. And it wasn't just in those lives, but it also said that Jesus also... Uh, talk to different ones. Uh, Paul says that there were more than five hundred others, and then Paul mentions somebody by the name of James. Now, this is not the James that's the disciple, John's brother. This James that Paul mentions in that passage, it's Jesus's brother. He's the one that wrote the book of James. And you know, if you look at Scripture, I want to give you. Let me give you a scripture real quick. Uh, John seven five tells us. It says. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you had family members that didn't believe in you? They didn't. Maybe they didn't. You know, uh, put their truck. Maybe they didn't think that you were who you said you were, or that you were going to follow through with what you said you were going to do. And for whatever reason, maybe you've given them cause, or maybe you haven't. For whatever reason, but I can't imagine the kind of family that you know that just. Doesn't always necessarily support each other. Now, I know that we've got siblings that probably have done some dumb stuff. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Maybe you've done some dumb stuff and your siblings are looking at you thinking, man, you've done some dumb stuff. You know, we've all done some crazy stuff, right? But you see, they didn't believe in him. Jesus was different. They had different fathers, you know, because Jesus was the son of God. And Joseph was... James biological father so they had different fathers but their mother was the same and I'm sure Mary's even told him look I'm telling you this is what happened this is this is what took place but yet his brothers did not believe him and I don't know if you can imagine maybe after the resurrection what kind of family reunion they must have had I don't know about you but I can see there was probably some some amazing rejoicing right I mean there was just they, they probably threw this gigantic party We all got together, and I mean we don't, it doesn't tell us. The Bible doesn't tell us, the scriptures doesn't show us, but I can only imagine what happened after his resurrection. But if you look at Acts chapter 1, verse 14, it says they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. They come around. The the resurrection changed the brothers' hearts. You get you see what I'm saying? The resurrection changes us. It does something. You see, with the resurrection, we have some hope. We have something to believe in, amen? There is something great and powerful about the resurrection, and we can see it through all of those that seen Jesus after the resurrection. It changed their life. James, he became a great leader of the church in Jerusalem. And as you read the book of James, you see that James gives us timeless truths that we as Christians must use to put our faith into action. And then there is Paul, old brother Paul. You see, Paul felt unworthy to be called an apostle, <laughs> but he felt firsthand what the grace of Jesus was like. If anybody that didn't deserve to be called an apostle, it was Paul. Why? Because he was going out and having Christians persecuted and killed. Matter of fact, you even hear about Paul sitting on the sidelines as Stephen, one of the the great Christians, one of the first martyrs, as he's being stoned to death. And Paul's sitting there holding the cloaks of all those that are stoning him, supporting this. And yet, as he gets out on the road, he's on a road to Damascus. He's going out to find more Christians to persecute. He's continuing to do the job that he felt like he was doing was right and yet Jesus stopped him on that road, put blindness upon him and Says, Why are you persecuting me? Why are you treating my people this way? And Paul had a life change, a life experience from that moment on. And if you read throughout the book of Acts, and if you read all of, of uh, Paul's uh, uh, letters, if you read all of those letters... From Romans to the Corinthians to Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians. All these letters. Timothy. uh, If you read all of Paul's letters, you will see that he made a complete change in his life. You see, the resurrection changes people. Amen? There's something about the resurrection that changes us, that does something. It gives us hope it gives us hope. There is hope for the future that we don't have to sit there and look and think that it's not worthy or it's not great or it's not wonderful because there is hope, amen. amen. There is hope and the resurrection is what gives us that hope. You know, before the crucifixion, every single one of the 12 disciples, they deserted Jesus. They ran away. But after the resurrection, all 11 of the surviving disciples boldly proclaimed the message of his death and resurrection. Something happened to them that can only be explained through their first-hand witness of the resurrection of Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Can I just say something this morning? If you've not experienced the transformative power of the resurrection in your life, today's the day to enter into it. Amen? You know, if you've already put your faith in Jesus, today's the day to move forward in its power, to make you bold and make you free. Think about this for just a moment. When you think of a relaxing place, probably none of us here will raise our hand and suggest that we go take a nap at the graveyard, right? Anybody want to go to the graveyard? No, we don't want to. There's nothing, it's just a bunch of tombstones. You know? There's flowers probably there. Some cemeteries have like a little pavilion or something where they'll hold services out there. But none of us just want to just. That's not what we find that we want to go. Most, of especially you ask a kid, hey, what what's the first place you want to go? I mean, they're like, let's go to Disneyland, you know, or let's go let's go to Six Flags or or you know, Chuck E. Cheese. I don't even know if they go Chuck E. Cheese anymore, but you know, let's go to those climbing gyms like over there you know here in town whatever they want something fun they want something exciting if you want a relaxing place you might want to go home and take a nap some of you might be saying and man i'm ready for that nap now you know it's been a long weekend i'm ready to go take a nap i'm ready to go crash but the graveyard is the last place that most of us would go to find hope but can i tell you what the resurrection does It does more than just put a nice stamp on a tombstone, right? The resurrection transforms the meaning. It impacts in the result of the grave itself. It changes the meaning of the grave. Now, the cold tomb is for us. It's a symbol of hope and life. Hope is now found in the tomb because Jesus was not found in the tomb. He died for our sins. Three days later, he rose again from the dead, and that changes everything. Amen? It changes everything. We can no longer look at a graveyard the same. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, we see it just a little bit differently. You see our loved ones that have gone on before that understood the resurrection. They understood what Jesus came and he died for us. Guess what? They're dancing in glory. They're getting an opportunity, a chance to spend eternity with their Lord and Savior. All of us get that opportunity. Why? Because the resurrection of Jesus changed that for us. Amen? There is something different about the resurrection. You want some evidence? This is some evidence. I like what author Clarence W. Hall said. He said, the resurrection of Jesus changes the face of death for all his people. Death is no longer a prison, but a passage into God's presence. Easter says you can put truth in a grave, but it won't stay there. Amen? The resurrection completely transforms death. Without the resurrection, death is a tragic ending to life. With the resurrection, death is just the beginning of eternal life. Amen? Without the resurrection, death is where our strength finally runs out. With the resurrection, death is where our eternal glory begins. Hallelujah. A Christian's life is now complete. Watchman Nee said, Our old history ends with the cross. Our new history begins with the resurrection. I could take you today on a journey of the four Gospels. And it's just full of the evidence that the resurrection happened. We could be here all day and I could sit there and point to you things after things after things I could show you the evidence that Jesus was born of a virgin that he lived a sinless life that he performed miracles while living on this earth you know the the gospels are filled with proof that he died on the cross as a substitute for us and and you don't even have to look at the four gospels you can go look at the uh, prophecies that were fulfilled in the old te- the in the old testament that Christ came when, when Christ came he fulfilled those prophecies that were made hundreds of years before Christ ever came It's filled with proof that he died on the cross as a substitute for us. And yes, he rose from the dead. The grave could not hold him any longer. And the fact that he ascended to the right hand of the Father and today he is interceding there for you and me. The evidence is there. The only other thing that's left for me to tell you is what Jesus did for me. Jesus loved me, a sinner. I was not worthy to be called his child. And when I surrendered my life to him, he was there with open arms to take me in. And now I am set free. Amen? And it's all because of the resurrection. The resurrection is what gave me hope. The resurrection is what says that I can no longer be who I used to be. But now I'm something far greater, something far better. I am a child of the king. Amen? I don't need government officials. I've got the king of kings and lord of lords. I don't need presidents. I don't need rulers over this earth. I need the ruler over all. The king of kings and lord of lords, amen. His name is Jesus. He loves me and he cares for me. And why? It's all because of the resurrection, amen. That grave could not hold him. That grave could not stop him. But yet he comes and he lives today and he's our king and he's our Lord. And that's why I love him. That's what he did to me. He set me free. That's what the resurrection has done for me. The resurrection brings us hope. Amen. I want you to think about it for a moment. I want to ask you a question. How many of you here wear a cross around your neck? Maybe you have a cross that's special to you. We all have a cross probably or have had a cross at some point or another you know it's a very popular symbol in today's culture yeah i can go through every store and i can probably find a million crosses that you can buy right some of them are some of them are you know wooden crosses some of them are gold crosses some of them are little little pendants some of them are big crosses you know some of them are you know i don't know how many crosses we sold at the yard sale a few weeks ago (laughs) that you hang on your wall crosses are everywhere right You know what, if someone back in the day wore a symbol of a cross, it would be like us wearing the symbol of an electric chair today. It's gross. No one wants to think about the electric chair, right? It's it's grotesque, it's evil, it's awful, it's terrible to think about somebody being died by electrocution. But that's what the cross represented back then. It was gross, it was evil, it was grotesque. Nobody wanted to have anything to do with it. That you wouldn't, you wouldn't see anybody wearing a cross around their neck. You know, but it reminds me that God took something so grotesque and so dark and so broken and yet He resurrected it into something beautiful. See, that's what the resurrection did for the cross. today, I want to give everyone an opportunity to join in on the resurrection right now. I want everyone to experience what it means to have your most ugliest moments transformed into a story of God's forgiveness, God's love, God's grace. That change begins with prayer, but it doesn't end there. Can I just tell you that this is this is just the first step? This is just the first moment. Maybe you've come here today, maybe you've never... Ask Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Maybe you've come here today and maybe you've wandered away from God. You know, maybe you grew up in church or maybe you've gone to church or maybe you've, you've, you've had some time with, with God, but yet today you decided for whatever reason, for whatever moment, to come here to this place. Maybe it's just because it's Easter. I don't know. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus loves you and he cares for you and he went to the cross He went to something so gross and so ugly and so grotesque. He went to that cross. He went and he poured out his blood from his head to his feet. And he died there. But you see, today, he did go to the tomb. But it was a borrowed tomb. It was only for a short while. And he is now resurrected today. And because of his resurrection, it makes the cross something that we think about. Where his blood was shed. Something that was so grotesque it makes it beautiful. To know that Jesus died for me. He did it for me. He he, he went and changed his life for me. So that I could have eternal life. And it was that resurrection that took place that gives me hope today. And it gives all of us a hope today. So if you've come here today. And you're wondering. What's the next step? The next step is to ask Jesus into your heart. And when you make this decision through prayer, this prayer, you'll be changed. Whether you feel it or not, you'll be forgiven. You'll be a child of God. But it's not the end. It's the beginning of a lifelong transformation where the resurrection works deeper and deeper into your heart. As it comes out through your life, whether you pray that for the first time, Or if you've given your life to Jesus years ago, then I want to challenge you to come back. It's a journey. It's a journey. This is not the end. But I want you to take this moment, this first step, and I want you to accept God's invitation. Jesus died on the cross for you. He rose from the grave to give us hope. And that's why we can pray this resurrection prayer right now. If that's you and you say, I need Jesus in my heart, whether you're here or you're watching at home, you say, I need Jesus, I need Jesus to save me, can we all bow our heads? Can we all say this prayer together? Say, dear Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner. I confess that I need a Savior. Today I give my heart to you. Come into my life and make me clean. I want to serve you. I give my life to you. I'm no longer my own. But today I'm yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that prayer, I want you to be sure to let someone know. I believe that it's important that we make steps. We take these steps from, from today Maybe you've given your life today, you've asked, you've said this prayer. The, the key is, it's not just in the prayer that we say. You hear what I'm saying? We have to believe it in our heart. You have to believe it in your heart that Jesus saved you, that he loves you, that he cares for you. A lot of times we walk around and we feel like, man, I, I'm hopeless. I, 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 you know, I, I, this, this life, I don't understand it, I don't get everything. Or maybe we feel like, well, everything's just grand and glorious in my life i don't have any problems well great let me talk to you and figure out what you're doing so i can change some of the things but whatever reason when we ask jesus to come into our heart and we ask him to be the lord of our life it's a journey now see it's not just that's not one and done it's not over but we're going to take the next several steps to figure out this life that we're in god has a great and glorious life for us He wants to to give us things that we've never even imagined. He has so many, just an abundant life. That's why he says, I've come to give you an abundant life. That's what I want. I want a life in Christ, living for him, serving him. And that's what the resurrection has done for us. It gives us hope. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to pray for you this morning. Can we all just bow our heads? Can we all stand real quick? I know this is different. You guys look good today. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray for everyone that's here. I pray for every believer that's here. I pray for every person that maybe today they became a believer. God, I pray that we make this the beginning just like you know when a new year comes lord and and we all celebrate the new year and we're going to make these new re- new year's resolutions and we're going to you know we're going to do things differently and we're going to make some changes in our life and we're going to be better or whatever god maybe there's people that have come here today and they said you know i came to church today it's easter and, and i, I want to make this a new part of my life you know god maybe they've loved you maybe they served you but they've maybe they've they've fallen away or, or maybe they've just gotten busy life has happened and they haven't made maybe sunday a part of their life and god i want to pray for every person that's here i want to pray that they make changes in their life pray that they make changes in their heart that they decide today god that they're going to make a commitment to you that it's not just about the things that they may necessarily want for themselves but yet they want the best that you have for them god the resurrection changes everything it changes this moment today from here on out. And so, God, I pray for every person here. I pray that you show them your love, that they see your forgiveness, that they see your joy, they see your happiness, the, the, all the things that they can experience in you, God, and that they will make this journey from here today for now on. God, I pray that you'd move and have your way in this place. Do a work in these hearts and lives. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Can we sing something?
0: Jesus, let your kingdom come here. Let your will be done here i uh... of heaven
1: Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I uh, want you to know our ushers will be available at the back of the service, at the back of the sanctuary after service.
0: I also want to make you aware of
1: a tithes and offering box that we have now available in the foyer of the church. If you'd like to drop your tithes and offering in that box, we'll make sure that your gift gets posted with the rest of the offering. Uh, but we'll still have ushers at the back of the sanctuary for you to drop it in there as well. This box is for your convenience. We also have online giving available as well if you would like to give using your debit card. But I want to just say thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for uh, all of your contributions. That is what helps us to be able to do ministry and different things in our community and uh, from our church to the community. Yesterday, we were able to uh, give groceries to several families. It was a wet day, <laughs> uh, but they, they still came, and we were able to give several uh, groceries out. Then they also went downtown, and they uh, distributed hot dogs to the homeless as well. So, and it's because of your faithfulness, that things like that, that we were able to do. And so thank you so much. Um, tonight, there will not be any youth. Uh, next Sunday, uh, we're going to have a meal after service. Everyone that uh, comes and during that meal, we're going to share with everyone about going to the next level in your uh, respected ministry, and it's going to take place of our yearly business meeting. Everyone is invited to join us, and so we ask. We're also, if if you would like to become a member of Cliff Terrace Church, we will give you information during that meeting on how to do that as well. Roll Rangers are selling ribs. If you would like to make an order, you can see a Roll Ranger or a, a Roll Ranger Commander. And the ribs will be available Memorial Day weekend. Um, If you're going to Men's Retreat, we're leaving this Friday at 9 a.m. If you plan on being involved in any of the additional activities at the retreat, you'll need extra money to participate. Many of the events there are free, but there are a few that cost extra. Also, you will need money for lunch on Friday and Saturday. We should be back by 2 or 3 on Saturday. If you have not paid your money for the retreat, please uh, pay today or by next Sunday or see me and we can make any arrangements we need to do. It's gonna be a great time at the men's retreat. Um also we're getting ready to have an egg hunt. Uh so uh we have set up hundreds of eggs. You say, oh you're exaggerated. Oh no I'm not um I promise you huh yeah yeah we're right at about a thousand eggs. So um so if your kids don't get enough eggs, it's not my fault. I promise you that. I made sure there'd be plenty of eggs. Some of y'all saying, "Can I have one?" Hey, sure. We'll we'll see if we can't let you have an egg. Uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty for you to have them. But so what we're going to do is we're going to ask you here uh, when we dismiss uh, that if you have children uh, in we, we have a special room for our little kids, and uh, so doesn't matter how little they are, they can. We're going to have a we have an egg room for them. And then we have the big area for the bigger kids. And if um, there's not enough eggs in the little kids' room, then y'all can come to the big area. There's plenty of eggs there, I promise. And these eggs are going to shine like, was it the line from Annie? They're going to shine like the top of the Chrysler building, I promise you. Uh, they are fluorescent. We put glow-in-the-dark tape on them, and we've got black lights in there. So these things are, I mean, they're shining. Uh, so we're going to... We want to invite everyone to come back there and just watch. Um, and we're already making plans for next year's egg hunt. So, uh, so, so it's going to be even bigger than this year. So go big or go home, right? I mean, why not? Uh, so there's plenty of eggs back there, I promise. What? I'm working on it. Uh, so uh, after, uh, after we leave here, go to the nursery and pick up your kids or go to kids' church and get your kids, and then we will gather at the uh around, and then when we say go, we'll release the kids to go and get as many eggs as they can fill in their bags or baskets or pockets or shirts or whatever. I mean, there's just so many eggs, y'all uh we did y'all did good uh with bringing eggs. Thank you so much. You can never have enough eggs I, I always say that uh so. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray over this offering and then I'm going to dismiss you to go get your children and then we will make sure that we're ready to go. Lord, we just thank you for this wonderful time that we could come here today, this resurrection day. Jesus, I want to thank you for being selfless. You went to the cross and you died on that cross for me and then you rose again because that grave couldn't keep you down. And it's because of that, resurrection that, because of that resurrection that we have hope. And know that someday that we will be with you for all eternity. We will have an eternal life with you. And so Lord, I just pray for every person that's here today, God, that they take a piece of this service with them. And God, I pray for this offering, Lord God, that each person that gives, I pray that you'd bless it. I pray that you'd help us to Do what you have called us to do, God, that each of us could be who you've called us to be, God, that we can use this offering to go and continue to bless families and people, not just in our community, but also around the world. And God, we give you praise and we give you glory. We ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Y'all have a wonderful uh, day. Uh, we'll, We'll have an egg hunt here in just a second.